0: Hey, it's Brennan Ginetti,
1: And I'm Devin O'Haran.
0: And you are listening to Music You're Missing.
1: And we are bringing you Great Good Fine OK. They're a duo that originated in Brooklyn, New York back in 2013.
0: And they have since seen tremendous success amassing hundreds of millions of streams and working with the likes of the Chainsmokers, the Knox, 21 Pilots, and more.
1: They just dropped their new track, So Far So Good, which is streaming at the top of the Music You're Missing playlist on Spotify now.
0: We're so excited to get them on the line, but first, got to give a special thanks to Playlist Push for sponsoring this episode. Playlist Push helps independent artists and small record labels get their music heard by playlist curators and music influencers like us directly. We've discovered some really great artists on the site, which we've added to the Music You're Missing Spotify playlist, of course. And for a limited time now, you can use the code MYMPOD for 10% off your next Playlist Push campaign. What's that coupon code, Devin?
1: M-Y-M pod.
0: It sounds better when you say it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Everything does.
0: You can find a link to Playlist Push in our Instagram bio. What is our Instagram at Devin?
1: At music you're missing on Instagram.
0: That is correct. And enough of that. Let's get great, good, fine, okay on the line. How's it going? Hi,
2: doing very well. How are you
0: guys? We are doing, we're doing wonderful. Can't complain. It's like super hot where we are in our room is like AC, seed but not actually because i'm sweating
2: <laughs> it looks like you guys are in the like between two ferns studio or something
0: <laughs> honestly that is hilarious yeah i i think that must have been their inspiration when they were designing the studio because they truly oh, put good. us in between the two ferns very, <laughs> very good good shout out big night media um yeah but that's you know your beautiful face um so thank you so much for calling in I we were just talking you. about you grew up in upstate new york but you're currently in brooklyn right now yeah
2: that's right yeah grew we Luke and I both grew up in upstate New York actually like a uh, half hour apart I grew up near Albany and he grew up in Saratoga and then we both went off to college we didn't know each other up there but we both ended up in Brooklyn uh where I've been now for about 16 years or something and yeah. he was there for close to that long um until the pandemic uh inspired him to move out of there and move back upstate for a while. And um, as I was just telling you guys before we started, he's uh, thinking about moving to LA. So a lot of transitions happening for us.
1: That's interesting, because that was actually one of our questions, because the music industry was so based out of New York for such a long time. And I feel like it's kind of evolving. And a lot of it is moving to LA and
0: even Nashville. Too. Yeah.
1: Nashville, L.A., it's not as centered in New York anymore.
2: Yeah, it, it, it that's definitely true that um, a lot of songwriters and producers are out in L.A. It does seem like the industry in general is in L.A., but I don't know. There's still a scene in New York and I love it. And as an artist, I sort of feel like it doesn't matter that much where you live um, if you're a professional songwriter and you work with a million different people all the time, then maybe L.A. is where you want to be. But as an artist who's, um, you know, most of the time working on my own stuff, it kind of doesn't matter. And I love New York City and I love living in Brooklyn. So I think I'm going to stick it out a little while longer. <laughs> Inter- interview me again in three years. And maybe I'll be like, yeah, I'm in L.A. now, you know, I just felt like that's where I needed to be.
0: Interesting point, though, because I mean, I feel like this year has taught us that you can work remotely uh, for a whole bunch of things. So if this move does come in, and he's in L.A. and you're in, in Brooklyn, are you, would you still be able to work in the same capacity in terms of production and, and branding and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, and that's a good point. Exactly what you said is the pandemic sort of proved to us that we could work just as efficiently um, apart. Uh, and so I feel like if he's there, it could almost be better. Cause I'll go out there for, um, long periods of time and work with him. And it'll be a more like concentrated, uh, work vibe. And then, you know, I, he'll be making connections out there. It'll sort of be like GGFO is like bi-coastal, you know, it won't be like we're separated. It's just that we're now taking up more space.
0: That's kind of cool. You could like even like do a project on that, like a West coast, East coast I don't even know. Totally. I'm like sort
2: show. of like, you know, selfishly excited to just like have a reason to go to LA more to work. Cause I love visiting and I love working out there. And so many of the artists we love are out there and our collaborators are out there. So, um, I think it'll be cool. It'll be like the best of both worlds. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely a different inspiration and vibes between <laughs> New York and LA. So you could get a little bit of different stuff, I guess.
2: And, um, and honestly, like the most important thing for me is just that change of scenery is inspiring so like it doesn't even matter so much that it's la just like going there we always write great stuff because it's not what we're used to and the same happens when we go to miami or we go to like rent a cabin in the woods in upstate new york which we've done a bunch of times we always write our best stuff um so it's funny it's like something inspiring about being in new york and working there and then it's also like maybe even more inspiring living there and then going elsewhere to work. But so I don't know, it's complicated. That's a question
0: I actually like to ask a a bunch of artists. Is there one place in particular that just somehow just grasped your creativity like the most and it turned into a a lot of great work? I know for me personally, you had mentioned upstate New York. I went to this random uh, tent. It was like a preset tent in the middle of nowhere Red Hook, I guess, New York, if you're familiar. and Yeah, yeah. It was like, after that, I was like, Whoa, I have so many ideas. (laughs) I didn't know if there was a spot that did that for you. Exactly.
2: That's what I was going to say is what Luke and I have done a bunch of times is rent cabins in like the Catskills,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: uh, which is very remote and in the woods. And we've done that like two, three, four times and have definitely written some of our best stuff. There's something about just being like secluded, not having great cell phone service, you know, (laughs) like really being able to focus more, um, but we've also gone and worked like on the Jersey shore at the beach and there's something about the ocean and the beach that inspires something. And I mentioned we went and worked in Miami once and did some great stuff there. I really, it's like almost any time we go somewhere, just like any other destination, we come out of it with some really cool things. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason why it doesn't really matter where we live because we can both just meet other places to work.
0: <laughs> absolutely. You had mentioned uh, again before the call that you were a big fan of Boston. Uh, what what brings you out to Boston? Was it like a work trip or just for fun?
2: So I actually went to college in Boston. I went to Boston University. Oh, no way. Um, that's so, so funny. I lived there. Yeah. So I lived there for four years and absolutely loved it. Actually got a lot of my like musical start there. I had a band in college. Ah, uh, called lukewarm, which was <laughs> actually a funny thing. Side note: I, I, my band was called lukewarm, and I never knew a Luke in my life, and I didn't know my partner Luke yet. So I sort of think that was like a universal foreshadow or something, but. Anyway, that's where I sort of started playing with bands and realizing, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, what I want to do forever. Uh, and I played by myself a lot there. And I was, like, signed to, like, the Boston University, like, promotional record label. And they, like, <laughs> set up shows for me in, front of, like, in front of, like, the church. And <laughs> I had a radio show. Um, and so, yeah, I sort of, like, really got my start there. So. When we started, when GGFO started and we started touring, Boston was always a city we hit. It was kind of like we played Boston and we played D.C. just as much as we played New York, mm-hmm. just, uh, even though we lived there. And it was just like so special um, after, you know, walking by Paradise every single day because I had a house in Austin and then getting to headline Parad- uh, Paradise was just like so surreal to, sure. to get to do that.
1: A full circle moment right there.
0: You know, that it's so (laughs) weird. We talk to so many artists who we don't even realize have Boston connections. And it's always Paradise Rock Club that is the central connection.
1: The Middle East and Uh, then um, Brighton Music Hall are like the big three.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've played at all of those. I actually played at the Middle East um, while I was still in college uh, and love that place. Yeah. theres I don't know. There's something special about the Boston music scene. It's funny when I was in college, not to uh, age myself, so I hope nobody looks. <laughs> up, but I watched the Aganis Arena get built. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, it, it There was nothing there uh, when I started college, and by the time I finished, that arena was built. So I guess that would be a treat to get to play there at some point.
0: Yeah, that would be That'd full be so full circle. Funny. That would be honestly that's one of my favorite venues because it's like an arena, but it's still it's like, like intimate int- and very small. Very
1: intimate.
2: I've never been inside actually the arena. Really? It's like, I don't even, it's like Your a half trip. of
0: an arena. Like I've truly, I, I don't know many other venues around that are like it. It's like you took an arena and you cut it in half, <laughs> but you still have like a floor and like stadium seating. It's pretty cool.
2: Um, and then one, one other thing I'll say about Boston and this might be jumping ahead, like nine questions, but um, we just, uh, we're talking about a tour. Um, and so we're like gearing up for that and i wasn't necessarily going to mention it but i'll just mention that we are going to be playing in boston and we're playing at one of my absolute favorite venues that we've never headlined before so i'm just going to leave it there that makes me like
1: i'm like trying to think of venues in my head and guess
2: like if you want to like if you want to do some research we've actually opened for a band there a long time ago but we never headlined it so anyway I'm excited
0: about it. Okay, <laughs> okay cool that gives me some like work to do after this I'm I gonna like that. start
1: googling as soon as we're off this call
2: you can probably also figure it out because there's like a few venues in Boston that are just incredible and this is one of them uh, for a bunch of reasons but whatever <laughs> I,
1: know. I, I feel like I, I know which one it is, but
2: I also but don't want to guess. Because yeah. you know, the,
0: the, it's the listener's job. They can also guess.
2: Yeah, I, I don't want you to guess. Because if yeah. you guess it right, honestly, I want to say I got to leave it. I got to leave it a little bit ambiguous. Also, it's not everything. Not like hundred percent. So I don't want
0: to jinx it. Got you. Got you.
1: Like a little Easter egg. <laughs>
0: um. So I, I honestly should have mentioned this. So you'd mentioned uh, the, you know, your partner with great, good, fine, okay is Luke. This is John. Yeah. Obviously, probably <laughs> should have done that at the beginning. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. to actually meet you. Uh, but it, interesting way how you formed is you were it seems like it was pretty organically. You guys were both doing kind of your own thing Um, and then you were friends who wanted to work together and eventually got a team and it obviously turned into great good fine okay. I'm just kind of wondering at what point were you like okay this is our full time idea and job right now uh like that when were you like okay this is what we're putting our attention and energy into
2: yeah so to what you were saying we were both pursuing our own music careers luke was producing for other bands and mixing and doing his genius stuff and i had a band of my own uh which was just basically my name um at one point it was john sandler and the fancy band uh, <laughs> there were a couple different iterations, but um, but I was also doing pretty well. I was signed to an independent label and I was touring a bunch. I was I played in London a few times and was doing some really cool things. So the last thing on my mind was giving that up and starting something new. And Mm -hmm. I don't think Luke expected to uh, like at that point start his own band. But, you know, as it went, we became friends and we decided just to casually write a song together and then we wrote um you're the one for me and both kind of you know looked at each other and sent it to some other people and uh everybody thought it was really special so it wasn't at that point that we decided to start the band but then when that when we finally released it and it like took off in a really crazy way and we started getting like record label offers mm-hmm. and we got a publishing deal it was just like and we both knew how insane that was because we had been around the block so many times. We didn't like take it for granted. We knew how special and rare uh, what was happening was. So I'm trying to think uh, to your question, what like the moment was, but it was probably like, I don't know, like we played our first seven or eight shows at South by Southwest and we got down there and we already had fans and we had only released like one song um, and <laughs> And it was just like a series of really incredible things going right for us, where we're like, well, this is obviously our thing now. <laughs> like, this feels right. Something want- wants us to do this. So, yeah. Um, and then for the past, it's crazy to say, but we've been a band now for like seven or eight years. And every single year, the needle seems to move a little more. Like we play another festival that we've always wanted to play that we hadn't, or a song does some sort of milestone that we we've always wanted. And so it's just kept us going and kept us inspiring and inspired. And we've built like this amazing fan base who are so loyal. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting away from myself, but I think the moment was when we started seeing that people, we, like we had fans, like real fans, you know, <laughs> like it's so easy. Like um, in, in, everybody has been if, if you do it right and you start out and you're playing in little clubs by yourself or whatever everybody has the experience of not having real fans mm-hmm. you play and it's just your family and friends that come and you realize what an incredibly large leap that is to actually get real fans so when it started happening for ggfo i think that's when we were both like okay this is special
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the way that you experience, like, that debut is really cool and unique because nowadays a lot of uh, establishing an artist is based off, like, going viral or something like that, but you guys really, like, had to develop hardcore fans, and then obviously South by Southwest is just a, was a great opportunity to be exposed to new people, and that was, like, prior to you know the the TikToks and like and social media. Yeah, not like yeah. <laughs> South by
1: South, Southwest is just an insane opportunity for anyone in your position. Start not necessarily starting off, but trying like getting everything in motion.
0: So yeah, big foundation was laid. I feel like,
2: a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I also think that's interesting, too, because you said like 2013 is when you debuted, but you still have a really loyal fan base. Like if you look at your latest release so far, so good on YouTube, the comment section, all of it is positive like that in this day and age. That ain't easy. Okay, there's so much negativity on every video, no matter what. But everyone and it's not just like this is a great song, like they're like, oh, my God, like I've been following these people for so long. I love them. What is your key to building such long lasting relationships?
2: Because people like, you know, I it's it's hard to explain. Fans can tell when what you're doing is real and genuine and whether you're artists or whether you're just like someone who won American Idol and got lucky or something like (laughs) that. You know what I mean? So when we had one song do well or two songs do well. We weren't like, we've made it. We knew that now the work begins because, okay, great. We got our foot in the door, but now we have to prove ourselves. And if we went on one tour and it was mediocre, then nobody would come to the next show. You yeah. know what I mean? If we released three shitty songs after the first two good ones, then no one's going to keep listening. So it's always been really important to us to stay consistent, which meant just like making the art for the right reasons doing, you know, never um, selling out in the sense of trying to do something just because it's trendy at the moment, but always trying to stay true to what we want to make music wise and just always striving to give everything we can to the content we make, to the shows we put on, like everything from paying way too much money more than we had to create an amazing lighting production for our shows to like, you know, making music videos that were way too ambitious, but <laughs> like we knew that it would be, you know, special for our fans and just always just like, we feel like we get what we give, you know, and that I think that's kind of the trick, just like doing it for the right reasons, concentrate on quality and after that, then the fans judge, you know, and so there's not a day that goes by that we don't feel grateful that we still, after all this time, have a loyal fan base, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's a certain amount of luck, but a certain amount of just, you know, the fans can tell if it's real or not.
0: Definitely. It seems like you, you guys actively treat them well, like <laughs> you go above <laughs> and beyond to make sure they're nourished with, with your content, your videos, your music, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's important to us. Even like, you know, we've been on a lot of headline tours now and every single show we go out and we say hey to fans and we sign stuff. And I will do that until it is literally physically dangerous for me to do that because I love it. I don't just do that because I think I should do it. That's what that's what it is to me to be an artist is to to, you know, give back and then I know I'm giving because I'm – feeling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that, that give and take with the audience, the energy, that's like why I do it. That's what I love about it. So, um, so yeah, it only makes sense that I would do anything I can to nurture our fans as much as they nurture us.
0: Yeah. And they appreciate it. We appreciate yeah, it. Sure. <laughs> uh, I think yeah. too, like <laughs> it, it, with that being said, it's clear that you guys are really kind of in control of the creative process of the brand itself. Like I know it goes so far as even like the videography and in the lighting, I know you, the programming, the lighting yourself, that is something that really is like, I don't, it's like a full like sensory, like you're in control of everything. I don't know. I think that's it's just rare. Like a, yeah. That's
1: very rare for artists to do. Like Would you're you like-
0: truly giving it your all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, we definitely take our performances really seriously. Luke is like an extremely talented uh, graphic designer, animator, and like anything he decides to do, he's like insane at. So he decided that he was going to take it upon himself to program our lights. Um, And so every time before a tour, on top of what goes into rehearsing and just making sure we sound good musically, Luke would spend like two weeks just like in a cave, Um, (laughs) programming (laughs) these lights so like meticulously so that, I mean, you guys have seen us.
0: Yeah. 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 Through like, we've never not in person, but like on YouTube and whatnot.
2: Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so that's part of what we feel like is important to like make the visual aspect of the music just as special as the musical part. And then what comes along with that also is renting these insanely big lights, um, and we have this huge trailer that barely fits everything. <laughs> it. And sometimes in a city like, you know, Kansas city or, you know, um, where else, uh, just like in the, in the smaller cities where we have a lot of fans, but not as many as like New York or LA we're in a, we play in these venues that are pretty small. Some of them are basically like bars with stages and we're bringing this insane <laughs> lighting package in that we're like joke about how this is probably the, like craziest lights this venue will ever see (laughs) and like and it's cool because even if there are like 150 people there their minds are absolutely blown because Mm -hmm. they're in this like what could just be a dive bar with like two lights (laughs) seeing a full like lighting show synced up with the music and like we just get like such a kick out of that um but it comes with us like hustling and we are constantly like we joke that we are lighting guys and part-time musicians <laughs> when we're on tour because it is like a full onslaught of like teamwork yeah. uh, that needs to happen for us to like set the lights up in time and mm-hmm. then take them down it's a lot of work but like
0: I don't know. We love doing it. Yeah, literally. I mean, even just the load in and load out in itself, like
2: oh,
1: it's brutal. Absolutely brutal. <laughs>
0: for those who aren't listening, I mean, for those who are listening, rather that is not a, a traditional thing. Artists usually don't. It they depend have, on your they schedule. Have like, like
1: a specific lighting person, and there's who does also all of this. typically
0: a team, you know, that that does the load in, load out, depending on on where you are and in, in your career, but. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's but lighting commitment. itself
1: is a full time job. Yeah. And I don't think people realize it. And I didn't I did not realize it until I started touring. Yeah. That, and yeah. I have no idea how the lighting people do it. It's to also this like day.
0: one of my favorite parts of of a show is when the lighting just like syncs perfectly and just adds a whole other layer of amusement to the actual <laughs> show. And it like captivates you more even into the the music.
1: It really does. Totally,
2: I I love that too. Yeah, I mean, for us, we're still at a level where, you know, maybe we could hire roadies, but um, but we don't, and so it's all hands on deck, and we all like contribute, and uh, and we're just at a point where we are the roadies still, Um, and so I don't know. We make it work.
0: Honestly,
2: <laughs> you're doing but
1: I, it well <laughs> I like that. That means just you have a good, loyal team with you and you know exactly how you like things and you just get it done. So you don't so, need extra people also, if you can do like, that. when
2: we do hit the stage, we feel like we, like, earned it. We yeah. Earned it. And it's even sweeter, you know what I mean? Because we weren't just, like, relaxing in a hotel room all day. We were, like doing it I don't know there's like some sort of like manifestation element involved where (laughs) we're spending all day like preparing this show and then when we finally do it I think maybe that comes across that we're so relieved that we're finally doing the thing that we worked all day to do you know
0: yeah I feel like that must translate into the energy you bring out on stage too
2: I think so yeah
0: Well, bring it back to the... That said,
2: I look forward to having roadies, but (laughs) I'm not telling the universe that I don't want
0: that. (laughs) Submit your applications. We have his email. We'll give it out. Um, (laughs) Speaking of new music, though, so far, so good. Definitely love the track. Uh, And at least for me, like it resonated with me almost immediately. I, I... like was joking to Devin, I was calling it like my anxiety anthem <laughs> um, because oh. I kind of took it like you know like at least lyrically like stop creating stress in your head when in a new situation or like a relationship and just take for granted that nothing has gone wrong yet and I think that's a really like you really captivated something that uh, a lot of people kind of face um, I would just love to hear the inspiration behind the track
2: Thank you. Yeah, no, I think you kind of nailed it on the head that it's kind of a anthem of don't overthink, you know, I've been in so many relationships where it's either me or the other person who almost sabotages it by thinking something's wrong when it's not, you know, maybe a conversation just needed to happen or like, um, I'm trying to like uh, relate it to some of the lyrics in the song. But um, yeah, it's just like don't overthink the situation. So far, so good. Like, just stay in the moment, stay in the present. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about the future, which is like the hardest thing to do. But uh, when I think of the song, that's sort of the the vibe.
0: Yeah, uh, specifically now, I don't know what it is, but at least for me, I've been the least present of my life. I've been like so in the future and also in the past. So, like when listening to the song, I was like, okay, this is this is a good one.
2: Right. It's also kind of funny, like coming out of the pandemic and like things are opening up, just like this this uh, chorus of like well so far so good (laughs) we'll see
1: yeah we'll see how long this lasts because
0: i think especially in the music side just like i I keep thinking like oh shows are going to shut down soon or like things are going to go wrong in terms of music and like we're going to go back into lockdown no (laughs) more jobs or whatever but i mean so far so good
2: that's why it's important to just like stay in the day like things are good right now so let's just like try to stay in it and you know so far so good
1: yeah, I am going out on the road next week, and I'm like, okay, I'm still advancing on my show. So far, so good. We'll see <laughs> yeah, things are happening in know. like Vegas, LA. I'm like, I don't care we they're fine in Boston. We're all messed up and
2: everything. So and also like that. First of all, congratulations. That's awesome that you're like, performing. I'm like, oh, God. I
1: don't perform. I do not perform. <laughs> she
2: gets that all the time. <laughs>
1: I work for Live Nation. Um, okay maybe so it's so funny because i'll anywhere we go people are like okay you're you're performing and i'm like mm, no i have <laughs> exactly no talent whatsoever but like and one day i'm just going to pretend i'm like the star of the show
0: <laughs> i would absolutely <laughs> do that
1: i'll be a dancer. Well, anyway, as
2: long as you like what you do yeah then that's what's important and enjoy it because <laughs> You never know when some insane catastrophic event is going to end it all again. So that's kind of where that's kind of what I'm going to try to do is just like, you know, you know, for example, we were lucky enough that right before the pandemic happened, we toured um, in the U.S. And we actually toured in China, which was insane. Wow! And I did very much. I always enjoyed touring. I never take it for granted and especially when we're like international I especially enjoy it but like I want to even get to a point where I'm enjoying it and not taking things for granted even more knowing now how fragile like everything can be. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that GGFO would not tour for like almost two years. Never ever would I have thought that and it's just like such a good lesson of you know life and you know shit happens and um, just enjoy every day.
1: Yeah, completely. I mean, I w- we were pulled off the road. We had like a few shows left, um, because of the pandemic. So I'm like, okay, I don't really know how long I'm going to like, hopefully we're out for the whole leg, but I need to like enjoy every second I can yeah. <laughs> of it and just really live in the moment.
0: Yeah,
2: that's, that's exactly right.
0: Well, you guys are, are coming back to, to live shows. You get the Darn Good Festival in August, and you were talking about a potential tour. Have you done any shows since, or is that going to be the the kickstart of it all? Or not since, so, prior.
2: Well, first of all, <laughs> i just say that I believe it was yesterday that the Darn Good Festival uh, canceled itself. No! <laughs> yeah. Rip! So yes, yeah, so that's not happening. And it's like, you know, it's honestly like we were a little bit like i wonder if that's gonna happen it seemed like a little too soon i don't yeah. know it, it was supposed to happen in, like two weeks and we were kind of like ah we'll see um and then yeah they they just canceled it i'm not sure why but um and then you know everybody's touring in the fall uh we decided to wait because luke is actually getting married in the fall
0: oh congrats.
1: congratulations <laughs> luke
2: yeah well so we kind of went wanted to block that out um and so that's why we're waiting a little longer and so uh it's looking like 2022 but that's okay it's like as long as i see the light at the end of the tunnel yeah. Yeah. i almost i don't care it's like good like i haven't a lot of time to prepare and like like i was saying like make it special and that feels good
0: and also clearly i mean things are getting canceled so
2: don't tell me that <laughs> to know. i'm, oh, God. Yeah. I'm honestly like not really. I, I really, like, wish the best for everybody who has a tour in the fall. But if I had a tour booked in the fall, I'd be, like, a little nervous. Cause it's oh, like, I'm
1: I'm so nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah.
2: It's, like, with this freaking Delta variant, or I yeah. don't know what this is. You know? It's, like, oh, no. I just hope that, you know, everything yeah. is under control and –
0: you know, at least this time around, if it, if anything were to happen, we at least know uh, like how to uh, how to approach it uh, and still do things online and still you That's know maintain. Right. And relevance. Also,
2: people know that if there's another wave of this or something else, that the world's not going to end. Like yeah, we're going to get through it. I feel like a lot of people, since it was so unprecedented. Um, were in a level of fear that might not have been as necessary, and maybe like I hope it never happens again. But next time around, people will handle it with uh, you know more solid footing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> to say the very least. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was like I was really trying to put that like yeah. lightly.
0: No, I yeah, I, I, um, no, never mind. But I was just gonna say like I, when COVID happened, I ended up having to go to like Montana, and I drove there and. As I was getting further and further out west, it was just seeing how differently, different communities reacted to it. It was at like the peak of it too. I'm in South Dakota and if you wore a mask, people would literally like yell at you and like call you a loser. But then if you're in like, you know, Massachusetts, you can't be caught dead without one, like even if you're outside running. So I think maybe if there is a second time around, at least we kind of have a better understanding of of how to actually appropriately do it and just stay the fuck inside.
2: Right. I I hated that it became so political and that mask wearing became political. It was just so silly. It was like, come on, just like, doesn't it make sense that if you wear a mask, you're just a little less likely to get it? I mean, can we all agree on that?
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm wearing, I've been wearing a mask because my whole, the whole team I'm going out with, they're all from the UK. And so it's so bad over there still. And they're like, you have to be really fucking careful. And I'm like, I like, I know I'm not leaving my house besides coming here for the next week until I
2: leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I get that. I I don't think, you know, it wasn't the people that took it too seriously or, you know, maybe there was no such thing as too seriously because it was like, you know, a lot of people were dying. It was terrible. So, but it was the people that like, weren't taking it at, seriously at all that I was like scratching my head about and um, I don't know. I think there's like a happy media. I think there's like a perfect way for everybody to handle a thing like that mm-hmm. and maybe we're going to get closer to that yeah. if it ever yeah. happens again.
1: That'd be nice. I know.
0: Well, you know, that being said, the the world obviously shut down, but you you guys were still churning out some tunes. Um, we just said you had so far, so good, your recent release. The one before that, real, I'm kind of interested to talk about because there's like a a sonic connection between the two, and then you got a little like ex machina motif going on with the artwork. What's the (laughs) meaning behind that? Is it like alluding to a future project or something?
2: Yeah. So I'll just back up and say, um, when the pandemic happened, we were planning on just sort of working on music for the next few months anyway. So that, you know, kind of worked out for us that we were already in writing recording mode. Um, and a lot of the songs we've released over the past six months were songs we wrote, uh, right before the pandemic or kind of right when it started. Um, and, Yeah, I mean, we we've released more songs in the past six months than we usually do in a short amount of time. It's kind of been like every month a song. And so that's been cool because that, you know, we the pandemic didn't stop us from working and releasing songs. And so we sort of felt like that was the one thing we could do and have control over. So they've been some of my favorite releases yet. You mentioned So Far So Good real. We also released uh, a song with this amazing artist, Emily Burns Mm. called could be us. We released a song with Yolk Lore who we've been fans of. Um, We released that song progress. Uh, So it's been a really cool like arsenal of songs that we're actually just in the process of wrapping up in a cool way. And so stay tuned for that. (laughs) um, As far as the artwork goes, I mentioned Luke does all of our art and we, talk about what the inspiration is going to be a little bit and then he kind of runs with it wait he does and the
0: actual like graphic design of the artwork
2: yes he what trillion dollars making the art yeah yeah
0: oh my god i would love to be inside this man's brain what the hell that's an, another I
2: wish, thing i wish he was here right now so that he could talk to you more about it but um yeah he creates these like whole environments which is like what they, to me, they're like more than art. He like creates these worlds. Yeah. Uh, with Which it's just like so cool. Because to me, it just perfectly visually represents what we're trying to do with the music. Which is make it larger than just a song. Larger than life. Have, have you feel like when you're listening to it, you're stepping into like the GGFO universe. Mm-hmm. And that's what Luke is able to do with his art. And it's just like how often is the guy who's literally making the music also making the art? it i I doubt that ever happened yeah no (laughs) uh, but in but it's it's so cool to see you know like the same brain who came up with whatever the drum sound like is also coming up with what the single art looks like there's something there that i think is really special but i think for real you mentioned uh it was just kind of this it's a simple idea of like i've been in lots of relationships where people act all sorts of ways and try to impress or try to act this way or that way when really, and I think this is kind of universal, all you want from the person that you're with is to be real, to be themselves, you know, whatever that is, because, you know, they might think acting a certain way is bad, but you might love it about them or like, Mm -hmm. you know, you might love the, the things they think are flaws. And so that's kind of what that's about. So, it was sort of a, a little bit of an obvious choice to have this like robot woman um, be the uh, sort of image of this person that is not being real but wants to be real and you want her to be real. And, you know, it's, it's a web of complication, but it, she's the mascot for that song for sure.
0: That is odd. That is, and now I'm going to look at that artwork in such a different light, you know, now knowing more of of why it's there. Uh, and I, I think that's so cool. And then even just what you were saying is like, if you look through all of your artwork, I was actually doing this today. I was just like scrolling down, looking at your releases. Also different, but they all kind of exist in the same world, like uh, artistically speaking, but then even sonically too, like you've clearly changed up your sound over the years, but like, I can still definitely tell that it's you guys. I think that's a, a great yeah. thing that you guys have that again, like you said, it really brings you into your own world.
2: Yeah. And that it's, it's, I'm happy to hear that. I love that. Cause we do try to push the envelope as far as like our sonic sound. Mm-hmm. And so and I agree with you that I think even the stuff like, you know, you're the one for me versus terrified, which couldn't be more different still to me, sound like great, good, fine. Okay. And I think what that is, is if Luke and I are involved, it's going to sound like great, good, fine. Okay. Because yeah. he's making the music and I'm writing most of the lyrics and the melodies. And it doesn't matter. If we write a country song, you're going to be able to tell that it's great, good, fine. Okay. You know? <laughs> and then the art is going to be like a cowboy flying through space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's when you know, like that you got to, that's a great that partnership.
2: Your... No, totally. And that's another, you know, thing that I sort of realized about us a long time ago that inspired me and made me feel like we're really onto something is that the, um, was greater than the parts mm-hmm. that when Luke and I are together, we create something that we would not, that would not exist without the two of us. Um, there's something very special about the yin and yang of us. Um, And I'll just mention, like, we couldn't be more different as people, which, you know, might be obvious and make sense uh, in that context.
0: Yeah. I I think that's super important too. Like anytime you're working with someone or even like if we work with, I also work in music, I should mention. Um, and I I oftentimes like help a bunch of like smaller artists. And this one guy actually recently reached out to me and he was like, Oh, I have like a producer and this and this, but I don't really like, like any of them. And like, they don't really help me. I'm like, okay, so then drop them. Like, you don't need them like that. You got to shop around until you find that relationship that you, that you guys have, because truly that's where you create the best possible product. Product.
2: Right. And even if you don't find someone that you end up being in a band with forever, yeah. it's so palpable when you work with someone and you feel that chemistry. And uh, even that's brought us to write with the same people over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we used to do these like writing trips with LA, to LA where we'd write with different people every day. And we have a pretty good track record of writing great songs with those people, but we always end up writing with the same people. And actually, an example of that is um, do you guys know the band Before You Exit?
0: I, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> i be honest, I don't. They're
2: guys who um, we got to know and became friends with a long time ago, and they're amazing musicians and songwriters, and we wrote the song Find Yourself with them. Oh, cool. Um, that song is actually a collaboration between the two of us. That's our most streamed song. It's like, you know, it was a crazy thing. But we just did a writing trip with them for a week uh, upstate about uh, a month ago and wrote, like, Four of the best songs we think we've like ever written, but it's just like there's a when you feel comfortable with people and there's a chemistry, there's just like more freedom, and when you, you know it's just, uh, yeah, like I like like you were saying. If you don't feel that, then don't waste your time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that kind of actually brings us to, uh, and then we we'll promise we'll let you go. You're just so entertaining to talk to. Um, but oh, that kind of brings us to the remixes that you guys do because you recently remixed uh, Slow Heart by Twin XL, but you've also remixed for the likes of X Ambassador, St. Lucia, Foxes, 21 Pilots, just to, just to name a few. Um, but like you said, you have such an established kind of like workflow. So I'm wondering like, what's the difference when you're working on your own sound, your own project versus someone else's like, where, uh, do you find yourself being more experimental, like with yourself or with your own music or with someone else's?
2: That's a great question. I, I wish I could take more credit for the remixes, but that pretty oh. <laughs> much is, is Luke's territory as the producer and engineer. A lot of times he does those and he'll like show them to me when they're like almost done. And I'll be like, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Put our name on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so he's done most of those towards the beginning. Um, he would bounce him off me a little bit more. And actually we did one for St. Lucia a million years ago that I sang on and like wrote a little section for, Um, But we haven't done that much. But uh, going back to your question, I do write for a lot of other people. um, And Luke works on stuff for a lot of other people. And it's very fun for me, I guess I can only speak for myself as a songwriter to write for somebody else in a voice that's not necessarily mine. I can write about stuff that's not quite as personal and that's not to say that i don't feel as much freedom in great good fine okay but it's fun to have both of those uh, things in my life mm-hmm. um, and i'm sure that's the same with luke working on great good fine okay there's um, there's like a certain level of like we're writing within these parameters and you know the subject matter is usually going to like come out of my brain and my experiences <laughs> yeah. and I, I like i love talking to an artist and finding out what's in their brain and then like writing for that um, and as a producer, I'm sure Luke does the same thing and it's probably fun for him to make music that sounds nothing like great kavine Okay. Cause yeah. he's perfectly capable of doing that as well. You know,
0: is there a genre that you haven't or sound that you haven't like wrote for that you really want to?
2: Oh, I've written so many songs that I like not to say I've done everything, but I've written in most genres. Really, um, I even at one point, I uh, was asked to write like some really hardcore hip hop like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, well you can imagine what that was like. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun, but like and then like I definitely dabbled in writing things that were kind of country. I don't know, I'd like to like do that. That that sounds fun to me. It's like go to Nashville for like a month and write country songs with like country artists. Yeah. That actually sounds really fun to me. Um, but then also on the same token, it sounds really fun to me to like go into like hip hop sessions and be the dude who like, <laughs> what's the hooks or like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to help write the raps, but like, I can certainly help bring them together with like a,
0: like a, a pop a, hook.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's any other like genres. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like, I'm down for whatever <laughs> when it comes to writing songs.
0: Yeah, that could be like a fun challenge. Maybe we can mix it yeah. to like hip hop country. That was a thing for like a second. That happened, Billy Ray it, Cyrus like, or like Lil Nas. X. Yeah. yeah. For for a second, yeah. I thought that Road. was catching on. Like, because then we had um the Get Up too, and I thought it was gonna be this whole new genre. It but I'm kind of glad. Started we with on that like
1: one. Nelly and Flo Rida. Oh, that, true. Whatever that song was, I can't think of the name. Cruise, right? Cruise, yeah.
0: They also came out with another one not too long ago. I'm pretty sure.
1: They need to chill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I'm like
2: blanking, but there's been some other like really big like hip hop country collaborations.
0: Oh, the over and over again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was Tim McGraw and um. wait, was it Tim McGraw? No. I don't uh, who so. knows? Uh, I,
1: I can't keep track of uh, so many <laughs> countries. Well,
2: is, not the first people to think of a country <laughs> hip hop uh,
0: collab,
1: but you but, could bring it back. Yeah,
0: the next one, though, the next hit will be a great, good, fine, okay. <laughs> good, like, good, like, good, fine, okay, Garth Brooks, maybe. <laughs> great, Garth, fine, okay. Uh, love it. Love it. All right. Well, man, thank you so much for, for chatting with us. We really appreciate it. Uh,
2: of course. No, thanks for having me.
0: We kind of alluded to what's next a, a potential tour and maybe even. A potential, potential, maybe even a potential full project. What can you actually like? What can you tell us? What is what is what on the I can horizon?
2: Tell you is that we are writing like what I think are some of our best songs ever. So there's going to be a lot of new music. Um, I'm probably most well i wouldn't say i'm most excited about that because as i did allude to we are going to be touring again nice um and i love nothing more than performing and connecting with the fans and feeling that energy so aside from the tour i hope we do other kind of live performances and um you know just keep doing what we've been doing which is trying to like push the envelope with our sound and trying to create content that's different and interesting and just constantly like thinking about what we can do to uh you know, bring great, good, fine, okay, into uh, the next, you know,
0: chapter. Heck yeah. Well, that's for so sure. exciting. I'm, I'm so excited. We'll definitely have to catch you on tour at whatever this mystery venue is in Boston that you're playing at. We're going to get yes. off whenever and do, we, do some research. we do announce it, you hit me up and you'll be our guest. Uh, uh, we got it. We got you. it.
1: <laughs> it's always interesting hearing someone talk who's really done everything in the industry mm-hmm. and he's been in it for such a long time. I don't want to make it seem like
0: He's not old, not but like, like, he's
1: not definitely has experience. Yeah. And it's just funny how many different little things they do and really getting behind all of the details was interesting.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think music you're missing is great. Um, we often talk to a bunch of like really new artists, uh, so there's often not, you know much to talk about in terms of like what they do behind the scenes um just because they have that most of these artists you know are breaking during covid a lot of them haven't even toured yeah
1: and like especially in the past like he was like yeah we've headlined like 10 tours yeah
0: he played in china like it was just it was really cool to uh hear that especially being fans of the band too um just knowing you know from a one music lover myself knowing how like intricately Um, crafted a lot of their work is, it was really nice to kind of hear like a lot of the things I thought about their music and branding and whatnot is actually true. Uh, And it was cool to talk to John. Luke seems also like a crazy mastermind. Uh, One day we'll have to chat with him.
1: I feel like we could talk to him for hours as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, John is also like a lyrical genius. So what a great little combo they have. two of them. You can reach them on social media at Okay.
1: And then you can find us at music you're missing
0: their tracks so far so good and real are streaming atop the music you're missing playlist right now so go check it out they're also coming to a city near you eventually when they announce a tour so follow them on instagram and you can see when it gets announced
1: (laughs) but that's a secret for now yeah it's a
0: secret um all right well thank you so much great good final k for calling in and thank you playlist push for sponsoring this episode again you can use the coupon code mympod for 10 percent off your next playlist push campaign that's all for us folks
1: Goodbye.